Hey everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. You know, Jenny, two weeks ago, I had the first audition I've had in a pretty long time. And I killed it. I was like, oh my God, this is the best audition I've ever done in my life. Whatever. And um, I was with one of my friends and she was like, oh my God, that means that you're going to get it. And I was like, no, that, no. that's no, that's not at all what, what, how that works. But then I let her convince me that like since I did such a good audition, like it, I must get, I must get it. Like that's just how mm. it works. And obviously I did not. Uh. And I'm so jaded that it doesn't hurt. Like it, no. it, it, it's like a little bit, it stings a little bit, but it doesn't hurt anymore yeah i mean i think it depends there's been opportunities that have come my way they're not all acting related some have been tv writing and stuff like that i think i guess i've been more confident in terms of some tv writing interviews where i'm like dude i know this show like the back of my hand like i check all the boxes i met with the showrunners and then i don't get it and then i cry like and then i'll spend like a full 24 hours feeling like ass And then the next day I go into like ADHD hyperdrive mode, (laughs) which is, you know, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to, you know, take over the world kind of shit. But with acting, yeah, I'm not. I'm more jaded like you. Mm -hmm. Acting especially, there's really no telling because you could look like someone's ex-girlfriend and they're like, fuck that bitch. I don't want her on my show because she looks like my ex or you're, you're just not the right fit. You're not the right height. You don't have the right chemistry with the other actor. It could be a thousand things, and you probably did kill it. What I would say you did is that you booked the room. That's nice to say. That, like, uh, the casting director was like, hey, she's not bad. Maybe there's a role. But that is how it happens, you know. Yeah. That you hear that all the time that casting houses take note of you, you, especially if they keep seeing you, and then they're like, Oh, like she's she's good. Let's bring her in for this. So you never know. But that's why they always say book the room. Don't try to book the role. It's funny how casting is sort of like how children pick their friends. Like I'll ask my nephews and nieces like, oh, why isn't that person your friend? And they're like, I don't like that she likes yellow. And it's like, that seems like not enough of a reason to dismiss little Maria here. And and, and that's how casting works. It's like, oh, my God, she's so good. But like she's five, nine and we need a five, eight. Or she needs more followers. She needs more followers. Or she has too many followers. We don't want an influencer, never mind the fact that we're both trained actors. It's so fickle and exhausting. <laughs> and my friends that are only actors, that they're just actors, I think that oh, they're man. the strongest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> because, like, the job is going out and auditioning. Once they book, that's like, all right, they stop working. They go they go do what they love. But they're auditioning, like, four or five times a week. I audition maybe four or five times a month. Like, that's not That's not a comparison, you know? That's still a lot. It is. And and I guess for me, because I don't audition, really. <laughs> I just do voice auditions. I have a friend called Alan. He's booked a, he's booked really big stuff. He was on um, Orange is the New Black. And I was I was really getting really depressed because I just like have not booked anything through an audition. Like the stuff I've booked has been because people know my content and they just put me in something. Dude, same. And I did like, I don't know, maybe 30 auditions and we went out for lunch and I was like I don't know how you do it and then he said when you finish auditioning and you walk out that door you do not think about it again you can't you can't put it in the past and I think that's something cool to do in life yeah you know you you went into an interview or you went on a date and it didn't go as well as you planned or all of these things just keep 
looking forward, it's so much easier said than done. I sound like a fortune cookie because I don't do that. Bro, I mean, it's true. I mean, it is the best advice. Do what you can to perform an incredible audition and walk away from it. Because at the end of the day, I think psychologically, you do have to remind yourself it's not about your talent. A lot of the time, it's not. You could be amazing. But there's like, again, I don't like yellow. And that's enough to, yeah. for them to say no. Or like a lot of times what even that's happened to me is you're not a big enough name. Yeah, no, of course. So it's like, oh, you're perfect for the role, but you're not a big enough name. You don't have enough credits. You haven't had enough experience with these types of roles on television. or you know. So it makes sense to kind of do your fucking best and walk away from it. Let's put that on a bumper sticker. Do your best and walk away. Do your best and walk away. Do your best and walk away. I think, again, where it's really gotten to me, where I end up in a puddle of tears and misery for a full 24 hours. It's kind of like a fucking uh, stomach bug or something. <laughs> it's usually times where I've been sent on auditions because the showrunner was a fan of my videos. That's where it gets in my head really badly because I'm like, okay, Jenny, you can't fuck this up. These people literally approached your manager because they know who you are and they like your videos. And so you have a leg up here. And then when I don't book those, I... It feels like you're at the almost like at the end of the finish line and you're super ahead of everyone else because you have all these extra things going for you and then you trip on your face and everyone passes you. That's what that feels worse than me just going on a random audition. No one knows me and I don't book it. I'm like, eh, that's showbiz, baby. Yeah. But when people know you and they oh, give God. you they wanna put you in the show, it ends up not working out, that's more painful for me. Yo, the audition I fucked up the hardest at, and I fucked up many auditions. Like Same. the first audition I was ever at, it was for one line for Kimmy Schmidt. And it was just one line. It was like, what are you doing here? And in the in the waiting room, I was so nervous. And in the waiting room, it was all these beautiful models and me. And I'm like, I'm very confused with what the casting call said and why I'm here. I didn't book it. Spoiler alert. But... <laughs> I didn't feel bad I didn't book it because I was like, clearly this is not a good fit. But then I did an audition for literally what I did in Joanna Rands, which is like straight to camera address. It's like having a point of view, having a perspective, uh, reading from a teleprompter. And I wanted it so bad. I wanted it so bad. And I was so convinced. Uh. I was like, I know how to do this. And I go in the waiting room and it's a bunch of my friends. And the door is so thin. You hear everything everyone's doing in the room. And that fucked me up. Oh, I saw Sita Mata. No, 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 no. So I go in and I, it's almost like I, it's literally like I am, uh, like I can't read. Like I'm trying to read the teleprompter and I, I'm so nervous. I'm like, and that's uh, when you're, when in, when in Rome. <laughs> and the guy was like, are you okay? Do you oh my need God, glasses? Oh my God. <laughs> and then there was a song segment. Like, it, like I do that. And then I had to do like an original song. I... Couldn't look them in the eye and sing because I was so embarrassed. Y se me fue un gallo. I was like, what? <clears throat> oh, ooh. and then I tried to make a joke about it and they were not having it. And they were like, please get out. Um, <laughs> and they did like a walk of shame with all of the UCP people that were in the waiting room. Oh, man. That show didn't even get picked up. Do you get nervous? Oh, my God. I get so nervous because like we're in this industry because we want things so bad. Because mm -hmm. if we didn't want him this bad, we'd be in fucking accounting. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? I, like, I would be like working at a dog rescue in a farm in Wisconsin. Exacto. Como que we are so... We, we put ourselves through the ringer to work, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So every time I get an audition request, I really want it, which I think is the problem. Yeah. I feel like all my friends that book are like, I didn't even want this job. I went in and I shut, I shut all the script and I walked away. <laughs> I can't, I can't release too much, but I recently booked a pilot for a hosting job. Everything happened kind of very quickly and I didn't have time to prep and I just fucking winged it. And I was like, ah, the next day they're like, oh my God, she was like the best. And I can't believe like how quick she was on her feet. And I'm like what okay not that i fucked up because the the audition was me running the whole game with like a group of people on zoom so it's very true it's a psychological mind fuck and it's so hard right because as an actor you're told yo you gotta prep and you gotta work hard and then simultaneously it's like actually don't care um don't give a fuck because the moment you care you won't book it and the one time i booked a really 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 big job was when i had a family reunion planned on a boat in (laughs) Europe. And it was just three weeks out of that year that I was going to spend with my family and my grandpa. And guess when this fucking pilot Siempre pasa esa mierda, bro. (laughs) Siempre pasa esa mierda. Every time I want to book something, I just book a vacation. It ruins your life. It It ruins my life. It just ruins your (laughs) hunt. You have to cancel your honeymoon. You have to cancel your friend's fucking... Baptist, you have to, oh man, like you lose money, you know, you have to like cancel, call American Airlines or oh I'll go say, God. you know, say, you know, say. That's why I take everything with a grain of salt. Like I'm, I, I see it as like, you know what? I booked this pilot. I was able to prove to myself that I can book something on my own. Again, these people didn't know me. I don't have any personal connections to them. They just saw my work and that's cool. I'm going to take the opportunity. We're filming the pilot in Philadelphia. That's going to be fun. Gonna be I've so never fun. been to Philly. Yeah, I'm going to take it step by step. Of course, it would be an amazing experience. But in my head, I'm like, when are these two months? Like, when? where's that going to land? Do I have to cancel any trips? Do yeah. I have to? <laughs> it's so, it, What's going to happen? So, life is so unpredictable. You know, it was really refreshing talking to Justina Machado because mm-hmm. this is an actress that's been in the game for years. She most recently did an animated role for the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, but she's been in everything. I mean, she was in One Day at a Time. She started her career in NYPD Blue. She's just really an eminence in, in as a Latina in Hollywood. And hearing her and her experience as an actor in Hollywood sort of gave me a little bit of peace. <laughs> so, Jenny, you weren't able to join me, but I want to share with you my conversation with Justina Machal. Hello. <laughs> how are you, Justina? I'm well, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm like a huge fan of yours. Um, I love you. Uh, I loved One Day at a Time. And um, I'm a Venezolana, eh, Latina, even though I don't look it. <laughs> so uh, it's a real honor to, to interview you today. You have an incredibly prolific career. You've done it all pretty much. And I'm just curious, you know, as a fellow actor myself, what was it like to come up as a Latina actor in the 90s and early 2000s? I mean, I assume it's a a lot like it is now, you know what I mean? It's still it's still a struggle and Mm -hmm. it's still more needs to be done. Uh, I I think I was very naive, you know, when you're very young, you're very naive and you're very which is a good thing, you know, so otherwise, uh, I don't know had I gone left and and done (laughs) anything else, you know, but I think it's, it's such a long time ago. Mm-hmm. that there are certain things I don't remember. And I, I, I hear it's kind of like childbirth. You forget about the pain. 
Oh my gosh. I've never had a child, but I'm sure there, you know, of course there's a lot of tra a trauma, you know? I mean, I can tell you one thing that happened when I was 25 years old or, or 26 or something like that. And it was the nineties and mm -hmm. I had just done my first uh, lead role in a pilot for Castle Rock and Fox. And it was mm -hmm. called I Love Lupe. And I remember it tested very well and, and people really liked it. But the president at the time of Castle Rock called me and said, we don't think the world is ready for a Latino family. So that is something that was said. And I kind of said, okay, because you know it was a different time and, and they were able to say things like that. And uh, so that's what it was like, you know? And uh, th that's, that's how I can uh, sum it up. You know, what's interesting is that he said that to you and then jump cut to a few years later and you're on one day at a time, which well, is a few years later, girl. It's more like a <laughs> long time. We're talking about 88. It's more like <laughs> a few years, just a few years. Come on. Thank you for that. <laughs> but then I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to do something like six feet under. That yeah. was incredibly iconic. And they were so respectful of uh, Freddie and I. Freddie and I are both Puerto Rican. We're both from Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, they were, they wrote for us. They didn't mm -hmm. try to make us fit in a box. And that was the early 2000s. So, uh, you know, I had that experience. So it went back and forth. But most of the experiences were, well, we already have a Latina or we already have a, a person of color or, you know, not even as many opportunities, quite frankly, as my peers that, you know, were white. I, I didn't mm -hmm. have as many opportunities. And I think that that is definitely changing. It's not, it's just not really changing fast enough, you know? And, you know, you really represent the concept of, of, of someone who is hyphenated. You, you are from Chicago, but you're Boricua, you're, you're Puerto Rican. And how much of this sort of identity for you were you always like, this is who I am fully. And I am, uh, I'm just, this is what I'm going to be. And I I'm unapologetic about it. Or was it sort of like a self-discovery for you? I think, of course, I think it started off. Like, I, I think I've always been who I was unapolog unapologetically in front of people. But of course, you know, you have your insecurities when you're by yourself. Uh, but pretty much I've always been that who I am. And sometimes it didn't serve me, you know, sometimes it wasn't the right thing to do. And that's, that's what you learn from, but I'm still the same person. I'm just more gracious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's you describing being an actor, like you, you erase the trauma like childbirth because there's so many disappointments, right? Like and I think so many, so few people know how disappointing it is to be in the entertainment space because they only see the the magical yeah. parts of when you're succeeding. Uh, for you, has there ever been a moment where you were like, oh my God, I, I think this is what I've been seeking. Like, this is what I've been searching for. And all of this hard work has been, all of this childbirth <laughs> has been worth it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I've had many of those moments. And the biggest moment was one day at a time, you mm -hmm. know, because it's like not only it was was it an incredible show. I mean, it had everything you could imagine. It also really was a, a great representation of of who we really are and what mm -hmm. we're really like. And um, we not full of these ridiculous stereotypes, you know, or or being seen through their gaze. This was our story being told through us by us. And guess what? It was super universal. It yeah. was a story about family and yeah. people got it. So, you know, that's uh, that is probably one of the proudest moments of my life being a part of uh, one day at a time.
And it was also very specific. Like you said, it, it didn't try to just be a Latino show. It is, you know, what is the Cuban American struggle? What does that mean? Like for it's you, really for an example, immigrant struggle, it's an immigrant. Yeah. You don't have to be Cuban American. No, you know what no. I mean? And, and like, I, I mean, I remember being all over the world. I was, I was in Greece. I was in Italy. I was like all over and I would have people come to me and say, Oh my God, we love one day at a time. This mm -hmm. is like my family. This is so it's just a really, it, it, it just it resonated because it's a story that everybody can relate to if they come from an immigrant family. Yeah, because it's real. Like I, I think that what I struggle a lot with sometimes when I'm, you know, consuming things that are supposedly from, from this perspective or that perspective, when it comes from a specific point of view, it feels real. Like it yeah. feels grounded, but when it tries to have broad appeal, while having a quote unquote specific point of view, that's when it sort of fails. Right. And it's I think like people have seen that. I mean, the specificity and authenticity of a show uh, is what makes you, I mean, everybody who watched, you know, uh, my big fat Greek wedding, everybody can relate to her walking around with that Windex. Oh my Just God. Yes. Like, you know, as Latinos, every Latino, I don't care where you're from. They all know that Vicks vapor rub is what you use for everything and anything, you know, it's <laughs> like, no. So it's the, those, that specificity and that authenticity is what makes people relate to you. Even if that's not what their super cure is, you know, there right. is a super cure for them. So has there ever been a time where you were told that your version of what a Latina was, was didn't fit something or wasn't right? Absolutely. Really? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been here, I've been in LA for a very long time. So uh, absolutely. Uh, my version was not what they thought, but I was the Latina <laughs> mm -hmm. and they were not. So obviously, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. You know, hopefully I don't work with those people again. That's all. Oh, hopefully. Okay. Um, and for you, uh, like, for example, this, this movie is you voice acting. Now you, uh -huh. you've done stage, you've done television. What would you say is the main difference for you in, in this experience of, of lending your voice to a cartoon versus yourself fully? Oh, I just, I mean, I don't think they're, you know, one is not harder than the other, you know, mm -hmm. one is not, you, you know, I don't prefer one over the other. I just think that here you're using one muscle, you know, with the voice and it's, it's your voice. You're, you're conveying all of these emotions with your voice, as opposed to, you know, using physicality, you know? So I think that's the only thing. And you don't have the scene partner in front of you. And, you know, you're kind of in a booth by yourself with a, with the director and the you know producers and the engineer on the other end, um, it's it's really freeing. There's a lot of freedom in it, you know, because you can look any way you want. You can nothing is too outrageous. You know, sometimes when you're doing live action, you're like, oh, that was a little over the top. There is no over the top <laughs> for mm -hmm. animation because you're, totally. you're conveying so many emotions just right there. So there's just uh, it's it's fun and it's freeing. But you know, I, I I'm excited by both of them. Yeah, I I voiced a character on a, a show that we built the character in the booth uh, based on improvisation and based a lot on my mom and uh, a Latina mom. And, you know, a couple weeks before the show came out, uh, I realized I wasn't in the credits. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck happened here? And I find out through like the grapevine that 
this character was a Latina character uh, and uh, Latina, not, not person. I can't say exactly what she was, but apparently an executive was like, this sounds offensive. This character sounds offensive to me. Needless to say, this executive wasn't uh, a Latino. Um, And that was really, really surprising to me because I, I was under the impression of like, this is animated. These aren't even people. These are like literal monsters. Yeah. And, and trying to inject some type of cultural specificity to something that isn't even human, like it still was judged and taken away from something because of this perception of what was correct for people. Yeah, it's fear because they don't want to get in trouble. You know what I mean? And they'd rather just say, get rid of it as opposed to have a conversation and find out the truth. I mean, if you find it offensive and you're not Latino, then maybe you should ask some Latin people and see what they say, get their opinion. (laughs) You know what I mean? But most of that is just fear. They don't want to get in trouble. What do you think? I I mean, I don't expect you to have the perfect solution, but how can we continue making these these steps in representation in Hollywood how have you done it and what would you tell people that haven't really made it in the industry yet how how are you how can you still be authentically yourself because it's frustrating right because it's like I I want to be I want to represent this point of view I want to represent what this this is what my identity is but then simultaneously you're confronted with a world that has a very specific view of what your identity needs to be how how would you tell people to do it? Please help me. <laughs> oh man. I, you know, I think that it's one, it's one day at a time. It's one situation at a time. I, I mean, love that plug, by the way, yeah, one day at a time. Know. Well, it's not around anymore. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you can still stream it. Of a plug. But um, <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think you take each situation. I mean, certainly there have been times in my life and my career where I, it, it has felt that way. Like, how do you keep your authenticity? And certain, certainly there were times in my early career that I tried to probably run away from uh, my authentic self. I just think it's a process and it's a journey and no one can really tell you what to do. You know, everybody's journey is different. The only thing you can do and is believe in what you're doing. Uh, you know, if you're comfortable, always be comfortable with that role. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I'm a person that has always stood up for myself and always said something, but that didn't always work for me. So that's why I'm not here to tell people to do that. I'm just, it's like, it's one day at a time. It's one situation at a time. And it's what makes, gives you peace at night and makes you happy. You know, uh, that's the only thing I could say. And you just have to be very true in what it is that you want and, and be very clear with your intentions and, uh, and be brave and just go out there every day because you're going to get more no's and you're going to get yeses. But when those yeses come, they're so amazing. So you forget about the no's, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it's such a, a, an incredible career, actually, if, you know, even if you never do what you think you were supposed to do, or you think that you were going to do, it's like still incredible that every day you get to get up and you get to do this for a living and you get to make a living and you get to meet all these wonderful people and be a part of all these incredible projects and and just 
you know, be your authentic self as an actor, you know, as a person, you don't have to fit into a box and go into a corporate job. You know, you should just be really grateful and thankful for all of that. Uh, any success should be celebrated. First of all, nothing is too small either. I remember when I was coming up, I would be like, well, it's just a guest star. Well, it's just this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell anybody. Well, it's just that. No, it's all, it all should be celebrated. It all should be uh, everything should be approached with enthusiasm and, um, and that's a way to stay not jaded, you know, cause right. it, it can happen. Just be happy, enthusiastic, grateful, and still keep fighting the good fight. Right. And you know, you're, you're mentioning some of these roles that you got, maybe smaller roles, guest roles, this, that, and the other, has there ever been a role that you received that you were like, I don't know if I want to do this or, and then it surprised you what you were yeah. able to do with it. What, yeah, what's Queen an example? South. Queen of the South. Oh, Queen I of the did, South. Of course. I, I didn't want to do it because I was like, I don't want to do something about narcos. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go into that world. And I read the script and it was brilliant and it was really great. And they were three women that were anti-heroines. And uh, I thought, okay, uh, and, and I enjoyed my time on that show very much. And it, it was successful for five seasons. So yeah, Queen of the South. I love that. And I love that you said anti-heroines. Yeah. Because it's it means that there's a complexity to the characters. That's right. Alisti Braga was an anti-heroine. My character, Veronica Falcón's character. So, you know, they had really strong women. And yeah, we were in the narco world, but we were we were the leaders and and very complex characters. So I, I was surprised by that show. I mean, I'm assuming that comparing that role to like, what was your first first role that you received? And, and <laughs> how, I mean, I'm imagining you were super excited for it, but what was that first role? Because just seeing that and seeing where you're at now must be really exciting. I mean, I think, yes, I got a pilot, maybe uh, my first pilot that I ever got, mm -hmm. uh, but I was fired from the pilot when it right. went to series and it was like my first big job. And then my first humongous, crazy disappointment. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was only like 22 years old. So uh, that, that, that one project showed me a lot yeah. <laughs> the ups and the downs immediately of Hollywood. How you can go from like, oh my God, this is. Yeah, this is my dream to, and <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you really made an amazing career for yourself. And I I'm curious if you still feel sometimes like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to get a next thing. Oh yeah. Everybody feels that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Brad Pitt and, and you feels like, or, you know, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, you know, but I do know that most of my colleagues that are just have, are, you know, they've had incredible, impressive careers. Uh, and we've been friends for years and years. We all feel that. We all feel like, what is the next job? When is, I don't think it's as, I think what happens is when you get older and you've been around it a lot, it's not as life or death anymore. So Ooh. that's a good thing. Like you settle down, you're not so anxious and so crazy about things. And so like, I have to, I have to, I have to. I mean, I haven't had that I, I have to in, a, in like years. And I'm happy about that because it's super traumatic to be like, oh, I just need that role, I need it. So I think that's what happens is you kind of realize that what's yours is yours. And I know that you say it when you're younger but you don't really feel it until you really believe it. And so I believe what's yours is yours. Not that I'm not going to like work hard for everything, 
but I'm also not going to beat myself up if that road doesn't go to me because I know there's a lot of reasons. It's not just who the best actor is or who there's so many reasons that go into somebody getting a role. Yeah. That aren't, aren't how good you are. That's what you think when you're young, you think it's all about, well, I'm better. I'm the better one. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's how you fit into this world, you know, Mm -hmm. and you'll have something where you can show that off and just keep it moving. Like, you know, don't stay stagnant. Just keep moving. When you were a little girl in Chicago, were you like, this is, this is it. Like I, I, I need to perform. This is sort of what I'm meant to do. Yeah, I did. I mean, I don't remember and people tell me and and I but I read my journals when I was little. And yes, I did. I just had no idea how to go about it. You know, I come from a working class family uh, (laughs) that migrated from Puerto Rico. I'm first generation. And, you know, everybody worked in factories and there wasn't art around me. So Mm -hmm. it was it was something where I had to find my community, just like in this movie where they're finding their chosen family and their community. So I was lucky enough to find it when I was 18, 19 years old. And then, then it was, you know, after that, it was, it was a done deal for me. Then I knew that I had to leave Chicago because although Chicago is a great city with a great theater, I wanted to do more than that. And that's when I went to New York and then ended up in LA. When you were growing up, were you surrounded by people like you? Did you, f- or did, did you feel different or you, or you always felt like you fit in? No, I mean, I think anybody who's an, an artist or an actor who doesn't come from an artistic family feels different, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, the thing they always told me was how dramatic I was. Oh, you're so dramatic, you know? So <laughs> it finally paid <laughs> off. Perfect. Drama queens, you know, they book roles. They okay. They that all the time growing they up. They become oh queens God, of the South. So dramatic, <laughs> exactly. So that, but no, I wasn't surrounded by it at all. No, I mean, my family was about working and and, um, you know, it, there wasn't, I mean, what, no, art was not, it's, art was something that I had to find. And I'm lucky enough, to, I was lucky enough to grow up in a city like Chicago mm-hmm. that had it all around. And so, you know, unfortunately, I have to wrap this up, but what can your fans take away from this new character, Z? What are you excited to show the world with this new role? Oh, I'm excited to to bring a, a new voice, a new character to this very incredible, diverse world. You know, this very strong female character that is that is a warrior, that's adventurous, that's smart, that that is an incredible asset and an incredible leader, and uh, just just I want people to just remember the theme that you know, family is not just the family you're born into; it's also the family that you choose. And so these people are family. They're all from different, they're all different kind of mammals, but they all get along and they all want the same for everybody, equality and justice. Look at that. That's the perfect map to the world we live in now. (laughs) Exactly, right? Exactly. Thank you so, so, so much. It really means a lot to to talk to you. And I I honestly can't wait to see all the other things that you do. Thank you, Joanna. (laughs) Good luck to you too. Thank you. I need it. So thank you so much. (laughs) Lots of luck. Lots of luck.